Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to Talking Blues, a Chelsea FC podcast. I am Josh, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. And we are here to talk about a team that has finished in the top four of the Prem League and not yet a team that is going to be playing a Champions League final that I am very worried about next weekend. That will come in a later episode. I know we've been gone for a while. Um, thank you for holding on and you know not questioning why we've been gone. It was just a mix of a bunch of stuff where we, Alex was not able to record. And then we were like, well, if Alex isn't able to record, we might as well just wait. Uh, and, you know, it's fine. We missed one preview. This is probably like the one preview we've missed all season, uh, to be honest. So we went really hard uh, and strong until right at the end, obviously. So we weren't really able to recap that Leicester win, but they were able to get the win in the Prem League against Leicester City. Um, and we were going to preview this final week. But it's been about a week since our last episode, and we are here now to talk about this Chelsea team that played absolutely disgusting football against Aston Villa this weekend, um, but were saved by one of our biggest rivals in the Prem League, and that is Tottenham getting the 4-2 win against Leicester City, which uh, helped take us to the Champions League next season with 66 points, and or 67 points, excuse me, and this is how the final um, top five places look in the Prem League, and that's first place Man City with 86 points, Manchester United in second place with 74 points, Liverpool in third with 69 points, which I still can't believe that they were able to win like five in a row uh, and make it all the way past Chelsea and in third. Then you have Chelsea in fourth with 67 points, and then Leicester City in fifth with 66 points. Um, Then you know, West Ham, I kind of feel bad for them. They weren't able to hang on to the end, which is predicted by a lot of people, including, I know, Alex, who were very high on them, uh, not being able to make it all the way. And they didn't, but good for them finishing that high. Um, but yeah, I think the Premier League table just looks a lot better with Chelsea in the top four. I'll say that. But it doesn't look better on the scoreboard when you see that Chelsea uh, lose 2-1 to Aston Villa. But whatever it is, it is what it is. Um, And we'll get into the next week's matchup, like I said, on the later episode this week. I'll go to Alex and Peter 
um, for a little bit. And then I'm going to get into uh, why I'm not so happy. But first of all, I'll let them react to the news and everything that has happened in this match day, uh, match week. Uh, I think that's what it, no, it's, it's match day 38 of 38. I'll let you guys react to that. Well, there's a lot of things I could discuss. I agree with you, Josh. Actually, actually, I am not very happy. Well, I take that back. I am very happy because obviously we got Champions League uh, soccer next year, football next year, which is basically many people thought we wouldn't be able to do once Frank Lampard left. We were, I think, in 10th and we made our way up to 3rd. And we got, ended up getting 4th, which is incredible for Ducal. We could have done better. We could have gotten 3rd. We could have won this game. I mean, we didn't deserve... I mean, one could say we may have deserved to win this game. Their goals were a bit iffy, but we could have won this game, but we didn't win this game, and it was a bad result. We didn't play well until we literally put 10 attackers on, and the only defender was Thiago Silva. (laughs) We didn't get pretty much any chances until then, and the chances we did get, we couldn't score. And that's going to be a problem against Man City when you know we're going to get, like, two chances the entire game instead of probably like the six we got against Villa. And if we only score one of six against Villa, and we we shoot like we shot against Villa, against Man City, then we're not going to score. And as good as our defense is, and as good as we played against them the past few times, I don't think we're going to continue to be able to shut them down completely. Uh, I think they could easily score two, three goals, especially with how shaky our defense has been lately. I mean, to be fair, the goals against Villa weren't really on our defense corner goal that was a terrible corner goal bad that really isn't a defense fault and then a penalty that Jorginho gave away also bad but those are the things we can't do against Man City right we can't just completely just ball watch Werner can't ball watch on the corner when he's supposed to be marking that man and leaving let's maybe like Mares right up in NBA he's scoring there in the final and then we're down and then they put all their men back they have a great defense and then we lose and then we can't give away stupid penalties Jorginho there's no reason for him to dive in there and then sure it's a soft penalty it isn't like it's not like it could I could see it not have been given but it got given and I think it would get given especially against against us and for Man City but it's just stupid mistakes and dumb and bad finishing, which is going to cost us if we can't figure that out before the final. But the game as a whole, I mean, it was bad, but it was also good. I think towards the end of the game, obviously it's tough to tell if that's because we just put literally every attacker we had on our team on, but we did play much better. I think when Kai Havertz came on, he connected very well. I think he should have was going to start this game, if not for the injury, and I think we could have played better with him. I think Timo Werner should not play as a striker. He's much, much better as a winger because he can't, he isn't, with Tuchel, he isn't the right player to play striker. Uh, Kai Havertz is pretty good, and Olivier Giroud is also kind of good because they're kind of target men they can play with the ball at their feet obviously that's not what you want Olivier Giroud to do but he can do that he's kind of especially Havertz who kind of can just float around as a center forward striker if Kai Havertz got into the box more he'd be perfect but I think that's something to develop I think he played very well I think Hakim Ziyech played very well when he came on I think besides maybe Reese James and Ben Chilwell literally and Thiago Silva I think pretty much everybody else played completely terrible the entire game. Mason Mount, 
missed two quality chances. Uh, he didn't play well. Christian Pulisic didn't play well. Timo Warner didn't play well. Timo Warner probably had the best game out of the front three. He had a very nice run that set up Christian Pulisic, who just completely whiffed a shot. Um, front three was just terrible. Our midfield was even worse. Jorginho, I mean, I can understand Kovacic because he's just coming back from a long-term injury, so he's probably rusty. But that's like three times, at least in that game, he just gave the ball away silly. And he almost gave a, a goal away, which also happened in the game before. He It was pretty much the exact same play. He was trying to turn. He wasn't paying attention. They won the ball from him, and they were through on goal, basically. They had a good scoring chance. We can't have that happen against City. And same thing with Jorginho. That also happened to him, and he also gave away a penalty. Both of them just played completely terribly. I think I was texting Josh, and I was I was celebrated when they both got taken off during the game. And I'm, I, I said to Josh, also said, I think... If they play like they have been playing, if they play like that in the, like if they play like that in the final, I would rather have Billy Gilmore starting than either. And although I am a Billy Gilmore fan, he should not be starting in the UCL final. That is way too big of a game for him. But I think he might even play better than Kovacic and Jorginho have been playing. And I think that's pretty much it for the game. Obviously, lost, but in the end, it doesn't matter because Gareth Bale is the best soccer player ever. Best uh, Spurs are the biggest club in North London. We're the biggest club in London, obviously. But I think we played well. Uh, we got top four despite the loss. We could have played better. We should have won, I think, if not for stupid mistakes. We just need to fix those and move on to the UCL final. We had a great season. It could have been better, but we bounced back, got top four celebrations. But now it's on the UCL final, which is a much bigger game. So for me, I mean, the performance was just not good enough. You know, Villa outplayed us, especially defensively. Uh, you know, shout out to them defensively with Mings. Uh, I forget who their other central defender is, uh, but he played very well as uh, Matt Target on the left-hand side. A former, former Southampton Academy player, I believe. They were both very, very good uh, defensively, and they were very solid. But up front... No one had a good game. You know, Timo Werner really didn't do anything. Christian Pulisic had probably one of his poor games in a Chelsea shirt. Mason Mount missed a couple chances, like you mentioned, Peter. There was just no flow between the attackers until, like you said, they brought on about 27 different attackers. And then uh, we started to see some flow. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what else to say about the attacking options, I mean, for the weekend in the Champions League final, I mean, you know in this front three, you're going to have Mason Mount, but everyone else is a question mark. I have no idea who else you start. Uh, you know, I, if off the top of my head right now, I think Mount, Ziyech, Havertz, I think that's probably what you're going with. Um, that's just kind of off the top of my head, but who even knows? I, I think besides Mason Mount, who you don't really know who – Who's going to work uh, up there in the front three? And now we're having a, a new issue in this midfield. Kovacic, obviously, like you said, Peter, coming back from injury, he, you know, he gets an excuse. Like you said, he's just came back from pretty lengthy injury, right? Still should have been putting in a better performance. Was losing the ball a ton. Like you said, was making a couple poor challenges. Jorginho was just absolutely pathetic. Uh, you know, recently in the past few games, he's just really you know, kind of come back to what we usually expected from him. Um, he's just not, 
he's not good enough, and we definitely need a replacement uh, this summer. I think that's definitely an area, whether it means Jorginho is being shipped out or uh, him staying, I think you have to bring someone into that center of midfield because right now we have three center midfielders and, you know, two of them are injured quite often in Conte uh, and Kovacic is uh, injured quite a decent amount of time. And then Jorginho, obviously, uh, you know, never really gets injured, but is always there and very lackluster in performance quite often. And Billy Gilmore, obviously, I don't think is up to that level to play in the first team that regularly. Um, so I think you definitely need someone there in the summer. I think that'll be somewhere where you do target, whether that do be Declan Rice, um, whether that's some other player, but definitely an area, but obviously the second biggest area, I would say, but a number nine in the summer is the biggest thing. We need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. It's ridiculous. The amount of missed chances we make, it, it's embarrassing. We need someone who can finish, whether that be Holland, Lukaku, anyone, even Giroud. Um, if we're looking at our own team, someone who could finish, you know, Tammy Abraham obviously was always a pretty solid finisher. It's kind of sad to see that Tuchel is kind of freezing him out. Um, it looks like he's going to be shipped away this summer, whether that be uh, being sold uh, or, you know, going out on loan. There was rumors the other day about that Harry Kane deal where he and Keppo would be sent over plus a hundred million for Harry Kane. Wouldn't be super opposed to that deal, but uh, you know, it's sad to see Abraham, who, you know, has been with the club since he was six years old, uh, you know, kind of be treated like this. It's kind of upsetting. But, you know, we have to trust Tuchel for now. I mean, we don't have to, but we kind of do because uh, we have no other option at this point. But, yeah, disappointing performance altogether. Defensively, we're starting to look a little bit iffy, especially from set pieces. I would definitely agree with you, Peter. Well, from the corner, Timo Werner has to do better marking. And even some of the other set pieces recently, we've looked a little bit shaky defending set pieces. So that's definitely something we're going to need to work on. And I think when Kurt Zuma is not in that back line, when Giroud, when Abraham's not there, uh, you know, it's harder to defend those uh, set pieces. And that's definitely something we're going to have to work on. You know, Man City obviously is not a particularly tall team or particularly deadly from set pieces, but still something we're going to have to watch out for. Uh, and then I guess some I'll mention some stuff I took away from you know, this last stint of football here um, that we saw. Obviously, the 4-2 win uh, by Tottenham. And I think, Peter, you covered it perfectly. Thank you so much. The definite leaders uh, of North London, Tottenham, we thank you so much. Um, and we especially thank Gareth Bell. What what best player in the world right now. Unbelievable <laughs> performance by Gareth Bell. Uh, scored the two goals late, obviously. And then the 90-plus sixth minute uh, is able to basically... If not, if it, if it uh, already wasn't over by then, um, definitely help that out, making it a 4-2 um, lead. You have Manchester United beating Wolves 2-1, West Ham beating Southampton 3-0, Sheffield United beating Burnley 1-0, Newcastle beating Fulham 2-0, Leeds beating West Brom 3-1, Arsenal beating Brighton uh, 2-0, Aston Villa beating Chelsea 2-1, Man City destroying Everton 5-0, uh, and then Liverpool beating Crystal Palace 2-0. So I would just like to say thank you so much, Tottenham. But it shouldn't... All right, so this is where I'm going to talk about it. It shouldn't have come down to that. I'm going to completely agree with Alex that this was a very, very bad performance. And I said a different word earlier when I was talking to Alex today. I'm not going to say that word here because it it just wasn't uh, a good performance by Chelsea. And this is something that if we're going to show up against Manchester City... Uh, who just won the Prem League and they're about to try and win 
the European title with the Champions League, then we're not going to win. I think that's pretty obvious. It's a pretty obvious statement. We just lost to Aston Villa, uh, you know, in the Prem League. And if we're going to go and take this attitude and this performance to next week, it's just not going to happen. So I think we need to switch it around. Um, I think that, you know, we're recording this after Tuchel had some words, uh, some positive words about Edouard Mendy, saying that he should be able to play next weekend. So that's very good stuff. You hope that we don't have Kepa starting in the Champions League as much as we don't want Kepa starting. I think it's not the worst thing if he... Yes, we want Edouard Mendy starting. That's an obvious statement, right? I'm not going to say, no, we don't want Edouard Mendy starting, but it's not as bad as it would be one year ago uh, with the whole Kepa, Edouard Mendy stuff. I would I would say that. It's not as bad as it was. I think, you know, another thing is Conte. I think we don't if we don't have Conte in this midfield, I think my nervousness uh, just turns to doubt immediately there because like both of you guys touched on, this Kovacic-Torginio midfield combination is not working. It, it has worked in the past this season. Right now, it is not working. Um, so there needs to be a change there. Uh, you got to hope Conte's ready. He's the most solid player for Chelsea right now. Um, obviously, besides we have you know the Mason Mounts, the Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, whatever, I don't even know. But he's the most solid person that you want in that midfield. And for a Champions League final match, you're going to want him in that starting 11. So... I think if he isn't there and it's a Kovacic-Torginio starting pair in the midfield, that very much scares me. Uh, and like I said, my nervousness turns to doubt at that point. But we'll have to wait and see for you know, what we predict. And obviously, we won't know until an hour before the match. Um, it's just scary stuff. But uh, apparently, it seems all positivity when it comes to Mendy and Conte. Maybe it's just you know Tuchel just saying that because he is the Chelsea manager and he wants everyone to be happy. But you got to hope that he's telling the truth. Uh, and then you had a little bit of stirring news with Eden Hazard and how that's going to end with Real Madrid. Obviously, we know he wants out. Real Madrid seems to want him out. It seems to be like he's pushing this summer to come to Chelsea once again. I don't really want to get into any of that stuff now. We'll have this whole summer to cover all this news. I'm hoping to have episodes out once a week. Obviously, this this is going to be a little bit different because we'll have two this week. But, I mean, I guess I'll just go to you guys for any final thoughts. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, about the midfield, we need to tighten things up. We need to have Conte back. And um, we're not in a good we're not in a good way right now. We lost the FA Cup final. We were able to beat Leicester in, in you know, not even that bad of a match. I'm not going to lie. We, we were pretty good. And then we came to Aston Villa looking horrendous. Uh, so, I don't know what's going on there. Let's make a change. Let's switch it up, do something better. I'm saying it like I'm on the team. I'm not. I'm just a person who covers the team uh, with this podcast and on the Twitter. So, uh, Chelsea, if you're listening, any of you players, any of you coaches, something needs to change. It needs to get better. And we need to win this game. And if not, at least stay in this game because I do not want, I, you know, I'm not favoring us. No one's favoring us now, especially this weekend's results against Man City. But let's give the people a show. And let's, I think, show them what Chelsea Football Club has done to reach that point of the Champions League final. Because for someone to say that we didn't earn where we are, we did earn it. I think we earned the top four yesterday. It was not in the way that we wanted it to, but I think we earned that. Whether it was a Tottenham win and a Chelsea loss or not. And we earned to be in the Champions League final. So let's go out there on the pitch on Saturday and let's show people why we earned to be in the Champions League final. And I think that's what Chelsea needs to do because... A lot of fans don't seem too pleased with their performance. That includes me, and I will stop talking, and I will give it up to one of you two guys to, uh, 
I guess, wrap up your closing thoughts. I mean, you basically just said it perfectly, right? We, we, we know that we are good enough to make it to this final and to win this game. We've beaten Man City. We've beaten Real Madrid. We've beaten the, the La Liga champions. We've beaten Porto. We've beaten these great teams. We've gone to this final. We deserve to be there. We know we can win, but we just have to show why we deserve to be there. There's still people who are saying, oh, the Mickey Mouse path to the UCL final is whatever, stupid. But there's people saying that even though we've beaten great teams like Real Madrid, like Atletico Madrid, like the teams I said, we've beaten all these great teams, we've gotten to the final. We've beaten Man City. We know we can beat them. Sure, those games, there wasn't the full teams and the full strength 11 and all the players that are going to start in the final. It's not going to be the exact same. But we have the ability to beat them. We're coming in as underdogs, which is always good because you have nothing to lose, right? Everybody's already betting against you. Nobody thinks you'll win. So just go out there and play as well as you can. No one's expecting you to win. If you lose, sure, I'll be mad. But I mean, of course I'll be mad because it's the UCL final. But just as long as we play well, I won't be mad. Because I'm, I'm coming into this game expecting to lose because this is a great Man City team. But if we just play as well as I know we can, then I won't be mad. If we lose 1-0, 2-1 like that on a goal, on a great goal from Foden or Mares or Aguero or Jesus or something like that, I won't be mad. But if we play like we played against Aston Villa, that's when I'll be mad. If we come into this biggest game in probably since the other Champions League final, we and we play like we played against Aston Villa, where we just get outclassed, we play terrible, then I'll be mad. But I know we can win. I don't think we will. I think if we play as well as we can, we will win. Or at least it'll be a close game or a good game. But just play as well as you can, and I won't be mad. And I think we have a chance of winning. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, for me, it's just I want to see every player that's on that pitch on Saturday pour their heart into, you know, Chelsea Football Club and, you know, put their best effort out there. I won't be mad if that, uh, you know, happens and we still end up uh, falling a little bit short. This Man City team is probably one of the better uh, title-winning teams we've seen in a long time. You know, maybe not results-wise or points they finished with, um, but obviously it's been an odd season too. Uh, with COVID and everything like that. So I think in a normal season, this team would definitely be up there uh, as one of the best title-winning teams in the past uh, you know, decade or so. Uh, so they're definitely no team to mess around with. It's going to be a really tough match. We're obviously going to preview it again later this week before the match, so I don't want to like you know take everything that we're saying now, um, and then you're going to hear it all again on whatever we release it Thursday, Friday, uh, before the Champions League final. So I'm just going to leave it there. Poor performance against Aston Villa. I'm glad we're in the Champions League next season. We don't have to worry about it because that would have been additional pressure to win the final. Not that there isn't a lot already. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my closing thoughts there. But I'm just excited for the Champions League final. And then obviously we got a lot of stuff with the transfer window and stuff, which is always a fun time period, even though there isn't any football, which is kind of upsetting, but it's still a fun time period uh, that we'll be able to cover. But that is it from me. All right, and just before I wrap it up, I do have the quotes, um, and I am not the best person when reading quotes, as if you are a loyal listener to uh, Talking Blues, you will know, but I will try my best. Um, This comes from Thomas Tuchel this morning when speaking of N'Golo Kante and Edward Mendy, so I'm just going to, you know, talk about that, and then we can leave it there, um, and I'll do some closing remarks after this. So, um, quote, the situation has not changed with N'Golo in the sense we are still waiting, but it's looking good that his return uh, will that 
here we go. Uh, but it is looking good that he will return to training on Wednesday. I feel like maybe my tactic with him will change, and I will just put him into training on Wednesday. He's looking good, and I hope he stays like that for Saturday. We will know more on Wednesday. Uh, and then with Edward, meaning Edward Mendy, uh, the update is that we still have hope that he will join in with training on Wednesday with the group. He made a huge improvement with the management uh, of pain from when the injury happened, which is good. But of course, as uh, but of course, we will need a further update on Wednesday. We ha- we hope to have him back. If he is fit, then Edward will play. We will give him plenty of chances to to prove his fitness on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. The race is on. If he cannot play, we will, of course, be uh, sensible and not take the risk. But we also know that we have strong competition from the guys behind, and Kepa will take his place if he is not fit. Um Obviously, that was the injury with Keppa, uh came out at half. And then Keppa, or the injury with Mendy, Keppa came on at half. And this would suck uh, if Edward Mendy can't play. Um, with the season he's had from where he's you know come from with this whole story of, of football and his journey up to the point where starting with Chelsea, uh, the transfer early in the season, coming in, having a wonderful, tremendous season with the team. And then, you know, not being able to finish it the way he wants to is... is you know, would not be fun, but we'll have more news for you uh, and info when we preview this game on either Thursday or Friday. So look forward to that at the end of the week. But for right now, I just like to say thank you so much for the support all the, you know, of this Premier League season, our first Premier League season on the Talking Blues podcast. We do hope that it is not our last and we will intend to make it not our last as we will uh, be covering throughout the whole summer and into next Premier League season. Uh, but please go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Drop a five stars on Apple Podcasts. We've really been smashing it with the likes and the reviews and the subscriptions uh, and the listens. So we really appreciate it. And we will see you next time for another episode of Talking Blues later this week. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.